Hey, this is Maya. And I'm Stephanie. And you're listening to The What Project. Where you'll hear inspiring stories of hope. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The What Project. Just want to thank you once again for joining us. We have an exciting episode today. My dear friend Alicia is here from the great state of Montana. So Alicia, say hello. Hello, everybody. So a little bit about Alicia is she did get saved as a child. Uh, She rebelled in her teenage years, but then now has returned to Christ, making him Lord over her life and is truly experiencing the love of the Father like never before. So I'm not going to delay this any further. Alicia, can you share with us your faith story? Yes. So I'm going to do my best to give you the short version of my testimony because there's a lot of details that have happened. But I grew up in a Baptist church here in Kalispell, and I loved going to this church. There were great people. They were always so kind. They were so loving. But I was young, and so I was more so just going through the motions, you know, going to church because it was the right thing to do, reading my Bible because it was the right thing to do. I never really understood what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. But I always had the idea of it, and I knew that I I wanted to follow Jesus. I just didn't know exactly what it meant. Growing up, I always had good morals. I was a really good kid. I I was a rule follower. I always wanted to follow the rules. I was a great student. I was a good daughter for the most part. I was a little bit naughty sometimes, as we all are. But I always did my best to do the right thing. And so that was kind of the early years of my life. And then... I would say that my life really started to take a turn negatively when I entered high school. There was a big shift that happened. It was a very new experience, and I sort of got sucked into the wrong crowd when I started high school. It was around my sophomore year, I would say. And I remember in that time in my life, I was really um, desiring the attention from guys, and I was trying to achieve that in the wrong ways. And just making a lot of mistakes that left me feeling really empty and broken. And at this point, I started to become really hateful and just disrespectful to my parents. They loved me with their whole hearts and they did everything for me. And I just didn't appreciate it. I was just kind of, it was all about me, what I wanted to do. I'm going to live my own life the way I want to live it. So essentially, I'm going to disregard whatever they say. That was my mindset. And and it sucked. It was, a, it was not a good approach to have. And I do remember, especially from growing up in the church that I was going to, one of the biggest takeaways that I did have from going there was the idea of purity and remaining pure until marriage. And that's something that I really stood by and and stood firmly in. And I remember as I was going down this downward spiral in high school, it was my senior year of high school, and I, I let go of that. And uh, I was at a New Year's party. I was drinking. I got really drunk, and I, I lost my virginity. I gave it away to somebody that I didn't even know. And in that moment, I can't even describe it. Was the most gut wrenching, sickening feeling, just knowing that I gave one of God's most beautiful gifts away to somebody that I didn't even know, and it sucked. And I felt. I just felt so empty and so dirty and just so worthless. And 
just that to cap off all the other mistakes that I had previously made with the partying and all that stuff, it just really put me at rock bottom, I would say. But I do remember in those moments, I, again, I just, I didn't really want to talk to anybody about it because I just felt so ashamed. And so I felt like the only person I could really talk to was the Lord. And there were several nights that I was just laying in my bed, just weeping and crying out to God and just asking him to take away the hurt and the pain that I had caused myself. It was my wrongdoing. And I just, I, I completely felt the presence of the Lord in those moments. And it was as if he was just scooping me up in his arms and giving me a big hug and saying, it's okay. I still love you. And, um, and so those were really, really precious moments and times that I really did feel the presence of the Lord. But still at that time, it was, I was only seeking God when things were tough. I wasn't really pursuing him when things were good. And so that was kind of the mindset. And then, uh, so my senior year came and it was time to graduate. And I felt like I was in a pretty good spot at this point in my life. And I actually, I got into a relationship uh, as I was leaving and it was a really good relationship, but I had actually decided to go to school in Dillon. So I was leaving Kalispell, which is where we both were and moved to Dillon. I actually, um, Fun fact, I didn't want to move to Dillon initially. My cousin convinced me to, which looking back now was a complete God thing. And I'm glad I stepped out in faith and made that decision. <laughs> it was a really, it was a really good decision. Um, how far anyways, of a distance so, is that? Like how, how big of a move is that? So from where I was, it's about five hours from home from Kalispell. So, okay. so you, you said when high school came, that's kind of when you saw a change in yourself and you started to kind of go down a different path. Do you remember why that occurred or what your thought process was? Was it just people or what enticed you about kind of going a different direction? Good question. No, I think for me, it was just, I wanted to fit in with the crowd in high school. That's what everybody was doing. And uh, even, even the good kids, you know, they were, they were out, doing what everybody else was doing. And I just, I wanted friends and I wanted to fit in and I wanted to be cool. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I just, I was at that age where as a young girl, I was just, oh my goodness. Like I want, I want guys to look at me. I want guys to think I'm cool. I want guys to think I'm pretty. And so that's kind of what it stemmed for. It was more so just to please people. I didn't, I guess in the moment when you're, when you're in those moments, you, you think it's, it's fun. And then something happens and you realize, oh, that probably wasn't a good idea. And looking back now, it's easy to see, but you don't really realize it all the time when you're in that moment. So, yeah. Do you feel like it was also difficult to kind of change course? Like once you had already kind of started to rebel, did it feel difficult to be like, actually, I don't want this. I'm going to go back to how I was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really, you know, it was, it was difficult. I, I didn't fully make that decision until later, which I'll get into, but initially realizing, oh, this isn't who I am. I probably shouldn't be doing this. You know, it was, it was difficult to navigate that because again, everybody was still doing it. You don't want to walk away from what everybody's doing. You want to, you want to stay in it. And so, yeah, I would definitely say that it was challenging to make the decision of even recognizing I shouldn't be doing this. So my senior year, I did get into a relationship. And so I moved over to Dillon to pursue my degree. 
And I was with this boy for just about two years and it was a really good relationship. It was, he was my first love and, you know, he was the one that I was like, this is the person, this is going to be the one that I spend forever with. Unfortunately, at the time, it didn't work out that way just because he ended up going to school in Haver and I was still in Dillon. We were both kind of doing our own thing. So we just both decided, you know, what, let's take a little break for a while. And we ended on great terms. Him and I had always been super good friends and really close. And so we just kind of kept that going, but just decided to end the relationship. And being fully honest, that sucked. I mean, it was really hard to say goodbye. I'm the type of person when I love somebody, I love them with my whole heart. And so letting go was really difficult. But uh, but we made it through. And I actually, at this point, I moved in with my cousins. So I completed my first year in Dillon, and then I decided to move in with my cousins. And they live in Alder, which is just about 30 minutes, I would say, from Dillon. And a super small town. There's just about 400 people there, if that. So nobody really knows that it exists, but it sure does. So I moved in with my cousins. Now, this is the same cousin that encouraged me to move to Dillon in the first place. And they were so kind to offer me a place to live so I could still pursue my degree online, but also have a job. And I worked for my cousin, Courtney, at the daycare that she was running for a while and, uh, and it was awesome. I was able to work full time and still pursue my degree, which was great. And I remember this is when things slowly for me started to kind of shift back up and things started to get a little bit better. My cousins were absolutely incredible at just talking to me and just holding me accountable for the things that I was doing. They, they've known me ever since I was little. And they're like, Alicia, what are you doing? Like, this isn't you. You don't go out and party and drink and what is it, just what is going on? This isn't you. And that's when I just started to be like, okay, you know what? You're right. This isn't me. I don't know really who this girl is. And so it was a very slow process, but in those moments, and it was over several conversations that we had, I decided, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel right. I want to start trying to live for the Lord again. When your cousins had those conversations, I'm just thinking in our culture right now, it's definitely not popular to confront anyone and suggest that what they're no. doing maybe isn't healthy. Uh, do you remember anything yeah. about those conversations that made you feel loved through them or, you know, what's something that made you feel accepted, even though they were kind of saying, hmm, maybe the decisions you're making aren't the best decisions for you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because there were some times when we were having those conversations that I was like, kind of didn't want to hear what they had to say. It was just like, ugh. Like, why do we have to talk about this again? But looking back now, I can see that it was all love. And in those moments, even though I might not have in that very moment, maybe agreed or saw their perspective, I knew that they were confronting me just from love. And I still felt that. And I knew that they cared about me. And that's why that they were having those conversations with me. And so... Yeah, I pre I appreciated it, and it's it's what I needed. I needed a little bit of tough love to get me through the rut that I was going through for sure. And you know, after having those conversations and being over in that area for a little while, I started to see God really show up to my life. I remember one specific thing um, that's very special to me is God really answered a prayer of mine and. Ever since I was little, I always had the dream of barrel racing and doing things with horses. I've always been a horse person ever since I was little. And I journal as well. And I remember I wrote a prayer down 
I think it was right when I moved over there, but essentially it was just asking God, God, if this is possible, if there's any way that I can barrel race and ride these horses, it's always been a dream of mine, that would be amazing. And shortly after I moved there, I actually got connected with a gal and she got me set up with her horses. And through her, I met other people who also got me set up with their horses. And so I had all the horses in the world to ride while also my uncle who's over there had a horse that he gave me. And so God just like completely answered that prayer and just gave me more than I could have ever even imagined. And I actually did get a compete in barrel racing and I'm still doing a little bit of that now. And so it was just cool to see that God, I guess, didn't give up on me and that he still wanted to bless me with different things. So that was one of the really special things that I remember God really doing in my life. And so I also decided just after seeing God showing up that I wanted to surrender the things that I was doing and I wanted to live for him. I decided to give up drinking and partying and that meant losing some friends, which was hard because the people I was hanging out with, that's what they were doing. And it's not easy to explain to people, you know, why you don't want to do that anymore. But that's what I did because I knew that God's plan for me was much better than that. That reminds me of the scripture that just tells us like we need to love God with our whole heart, soul, and mind. And it's easy to read mm-hmm. that verse and just be like, yeah, I should love God with my heart, yeah. soul, and mind. But that's an example of that. He's saying like, well, do you love me more than being accepted by this crowd? Or do you love me more than, you know, whatever, you can insert anything But that's neat to see that he was really going after your heart and saying, do you love me? Yeah. Yeah. And it was definitely, I had to step out in obedience and in faith and just trusting that this is going to be good. You're on the right path. And, um, And so I gave up that. I gave up the sexual temptations and sin that I had done previously. I said, no more. I'm done. I want to... It's and and something that I've learned is that it's never ever too late to do the right thing. And even though I had made those mistakes, it was in that moment. It's like you know what? Yeah, I've made the mistakes and I recognize it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna start over and I'm gonna really live my life for God. Even though I've messed up, I'm redeemed, and it's not too late for me. And so that was my mindset. And I really wanted to just dive fully into my faith. And so I wanted to get back into church. And my friend Kim invited me to the church that she was going to. And that's actually how I met Miss Stephanie over there. And we went there for a while and it was good for the time that I was there. It was really good. I met lots of people and developed some amazing relationships that I'm really, really thankful for. Around this time, I also got into another relationship. And this one was a little bit tricky because, um, while I was starting to be on this spiritual high, just so excited about what God's doing in my life, so excited to fully pursue him, uh, this new guy was not on the same page. He didn't really want anything to do with the Lord, didn't really even believe. And so my mindset was, which looking back now, it wasn't a good mindset to have. It was, well, if I hang out with him long enough, he's going to find the Lord and I can help bring him to Jesus. And it's all going to be good. It's all going to be happy and it's going to be fine. Um, unfortunately it didn't work that way. What that experience taught me is that if you want to pursue a relationship with the Lord, you have, you have to be the one that initiates it. Nobody can do it for you. And so unfortunately that one didn't work out because of that. Again, it didn't end bad. We're still good friends and we just knew that it, it just wasn't going to work. 
And again, it was hard. It was hard to say goodbye. As I said earlier, goodbyes are really hard for me. And so, yeah, just it was a difficult, another difficult season that I was on. And while that was happening, I decided to leave the church that I was going to. There were just some things that happened that I just felt like God didn't want me there anymore. And so it was just, that was just a really tricky season trying to navigate the breakup on top of not having a church to really go to anymore and just to help through that. And so I felt like I was kind of going, I was up here and then I was kind of coming back down here again, but I took some time to heal. And Stephanie, uh, she also found a new church, Dylan Assembly Church. And she, which I'm so grateful for, she invited me to go one Sunday and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just be bold and check it out. It's a little bit of a drive to Dylan. It was about 40 minutes, I would say, to get there from where I was living. And, but I wanted to try it. I just wanted to see what was out there. And oh my goodness, stepping into that building was completely life-changing for me. It's, uh, it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. I feel like that's where I really fully 100% met the Lord because everybody in that place was so loving and so kind. And they did so good at loving people the way that Jesus loves, especially the lead pastors, Pastor James and Pastor Hannah, his wife. They were just so kind. And something that I'll always remember and hold close to my heart is that almost every time James got up to preach, he made a point of saying that he's not perfect and that he's going to fail us, the people in the church at points. There's going to be times where he makes mistakes, but he's human. And despite the mistakes that any of us make, God still loves us. And so just just hearing that from a pastor, from someone who, you know, we hold to a high standard was just so cool because he didn't pretend to be better than anybody. He acknowledged that he was human and he's out there doing his best just like the rest of us should be. And in that moment, I was just like, wow, that's so cool. I've never really seen that before. A pastor who's so humble and so kind. And after going to the church for a while, I just decided that I fully wanted to dive into Dillon Assembly Church. And so I got involved with their kids ministry and just was helping the pastors with announcements and doing a bunch of fun things like that. And so it was really cool to get involved. Around that time, too, Stephanie left, which was really sad for me because Stephanie had such a humongous impact. And I don't know that she realizes it 100%, but she had a huge impact on my walk with Jesus because had she not invited me to that church, I don't know that I would be where I am today because I think God knew I needed to be there with people who were just so loving and so kind and who could show me who Jesus really is. And so I will always be forever grateful for that. So it was hard to say goodbye to Stephanie, but I knew that she had to do what she needed to do, which she's doing awesome things now. But after being at Dillon Assembly Church for a good amount of time, I made the decision to get baptized. And I was baptized before when I was about nine years old in the church that I grew up going to. Didn't really understand what it meant back then. More so did it to make other people happy, proud of me, I guess, in a sense. But this time I knew I wanted to do it for myself and for the Lord, just being able to stand up in front of my church family and and some of my family members and just a crowd of people and declare that Jesus is my King and I want to serve Him with my whole heart. And the baptism is not what saved me. I accepted Jesus into my heart a long time ago, but For me, the baptism was just a representation that I'm choosing to live my life for Jesus. And 
being able to share that with a group of people was so life-changing because it was incredible to just finally stand strong in my belief and my love for Jesus and say, you know, I lived a sinful life and I've made lots of mistakes, but in this moment, I know that I'm forgiven. I know that I'm saved. I know that Jesus loves me. And this is my way of declaring that to the Lord and showing it and expressing it to the people that I love. And, um, and it was just a very powerful moment. And I had so much joy in that moment. And I think the joy really stemmed from not having any more fear of what people would think, because for a long time, I did worry about what other people think. And I felt as I don't know if ashamed is the right word, but just almost insecure talking about the Lord in front of other people, just because I feared what they would think. And I worried about being judged. But in that moment, I had no fears and it was just a life-changing moment for me. So I was getting ready to graduate. And so I had to make the decision to, of what I was going to do next. And so I could have either stayed where I was, or my other option was to move back to Kalispell. And if it were my choice, I would have stayed, but I wanted to seek the Lord in it. And so I prayed about it and I felt like God was telling me to come back to Kalispell. And in my head, I was just like, oh, God, what, what the heck? Like things are going so good. I'm on such a spiritual high. You've done so many good things in my life. Like, why would you want me to leave? Why would you want me to go back to the place where I fell into so much sin and just did the wrong things? And I still felt like he was saying, just trust me, just go. This is what I want you to do. And so hesitantly, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. You've, you haven't failed me yet. So I'm going to walk in obedience. And I moved back to Kalispell and it was hard to say goodbye and let go of the people that I had grown close to and my church family. It was hard to say goodbye, but I knew it's what God wanted me to do. And it's just cool to see how God has kind of come full circle in my life. And God has redeemed me. He has completely changed my life and he's, he's amazing. He's a good God. So. So the gospel is, you know, kind of a churchy term. And even meeting mm-hmm. Jesus or getting to know Jesus, how in your words would you explain to someone what the gospel is or what it means to meet Jesus? I would say that it is the absolute best decision that you can ever make. Coming from somebody that lived a sinful life and did things that the world boasts on and thinks are cool and all those things from someone who experienced that and lived that, I can tell you that it is not as great as everybody says it is. It only leads to pain and to hurt, and that's not where you want to be. Jesus loves you, and he wants to give you an amazing life, and he can do so many amazing things in your life if you just trust him. And what I've learned is that it's not easy to step out in faith because you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose people close to you. But I promise the end result of what God's going to do in your life is so unbelievably amazing. And it's better than any possible thing that I was ever doing before. And I'm just so thankful that I've had people in my life who have shared the gospel to me and helped me understand this amazing Jesus that we serve. He's not somebody who's judging us and, you know, counting all the wrongdoings that we do and looking at all of our mistakes and saying, oh, you did that again. You messed up again. He's there to pick us up every single time, no matter how many times you make mistakes, even if it's the same mistake over and over. And and I say that because I've experienced it. I have made mistakes over and over and over. And he's been there to pick me up every single time. And he loves you. 
And don't ever doubt that he doesn't love you because he's always there and he wants, he wants to help. Because the essence of the gospel, the gospel being like Jesus dying on the cross for your sins, you know, and he spent that time separated from God and then was rose from the dead and that relationship returned between him and God. And through that, he has the power to forgive our sins. And forgiveness is so unique because that's the only true example of forgiveness. We can only learn that forgiveness from Jesus because it doesn't come natural to us. If someone Mm -hmm. harms us or does something to us, we want to retaliate. We want to be angry, you know, whatever it is. But Jesus's example is... I'm taking your sin. I'm taking your wrongs. I'm going to hold on to that for you. And in place of it, I'm going to give you forgiveness through this work that I did on the cross. And that is so unique because only he Mm -hmm. can do that. And only he can love us like that truly unconditionally. And then, yeah, once you experience that and you know that, like something bigger than us loves us unconditionally then it changes how you can relate to other people. Yeah. And something else I would say too is that, yes, you know, coming to Jesus is amazing and it it is the best decision that you can ever make. But I think a lot of times there's a misconception that there's, once you accept Jesus into your heart, there's not going to be any more pain and that you're not going to make any more mistakes and that you're going to be perfect. And Unfortunately, while we live on this earth, we're always going to make mistakes because that's the world that we live in. And we're never, ever going to be perfect, you know, but that's the beauty of the Lord is that he loves us anyways. And our time on earth is this big and our time in eternity is forever. It goes on forever and ever and ever. And so that's what we have to look forward to. So the pain that we experience now is temporary. And, you know, when we slip up, just ask for forgiveness. We're going to try again. It's never too late to start over. And we're going to do our best to make it through this life. It's only, like I said, it's only this big. We have this much. I can't even do it with my whole arms, but we have so much more to look forward to. Yeah. And I think that idea of just asking for forgiveness, like repentance Mm -hmm. is another word that's kind of churchy, you know, that's where we use that word. But all it, all it (laughs) means is to recognize that what you're doing, your actions, your words are not wise, they're not healthy, they're not good, they're not honoring to God, and it's choosing to turn the other direction and do something else so that it is a wise, healthy, God-honoring decision. And that is also the other piece of the gospel. It's Mm -hmm. that, you know, recognition of, I need Jesus because I don't like X, Y, and Z of what's happening, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn and go in a different direction. Yeah. And I think too, because God is so loving and he's so forgiving, it can be easy for people to continue to live out in sin and say, you know what? God's going to forgive me. It's going to be fine. He's going to forgive me. He's a loving God, which is true. He will. And he does love you. But it's so much better when you live your life to honor him. And this is something that I've learned because Before, like I said, I was only seeking God when things were tough, but not just seeking God when things are tough, but seeking him when things are good. 
and starting your day with a thankful heart saying, even if it's as simple as saying, God, thank you so much for allowing me to wake up this morning. Thank you for this bed that I get to sleep in, whatever, whatever it might be. And just finding the little things to thank him for and, you know, still doing your best to serve him and, and not just do the wrong things just because he's going to forgive you. You should want to do it just because he's an amazing God. And, and I think once you experience and have that relationship with him, the more and the deeper that relationship goes, the more you just have a natural desire to want to do the right thing for him. Yeah. I think your story also highlights too that we can be doing all the right things sometimes, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, you can go to church, you can be in every Bible study, you can live a moral life. And those are not bad things. None of them are. But what makes you a Christian, which is a term that was used, you know, shortly after Jesus was crucified, it, it was a term that was coined because people were imitating Christ. They were Mm -hmm. following Christ. So to be an actual Christian, it isn't just a checklist. It's being in love Mm -hmm. with your Savior and walking Mm -hmm. in his footsteps because you want to emulate who he is. And I think those those can be two different things. Yeah, for sure. So that reminds me of this verse, and it's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, and it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And I just think people who live for God. It's like, yeah, we can go to church and do the things, check the boxes and do the things that the church does, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have God. We've accepted that gift. Right. And so I think a lot of times we have to make that decision. We have to make that decision to, you know what, it's not about checking these things. It's not about a religious thing. I mean, that's what every other religion does is you have to do X, Y, Z to get into whatever God or whatever place that they go to. But Christianity is about this relationship with Christ that, hey, you know what? It's even if I did sin, not that I'm wanting to sin, but even though that I did sin, God loved me so much that he's going to forgive me. And there's nothing that I can do that's going to earn me that love. It's a free gift. It's a free forgiveness. The only thing I have to do is to to realize my mistake, repent, and and receive it. You know, it's it's like I don't have to do some sort of sacred, you know, killing the sheep. Um, You know, God is such a relational God that so many times in society that we, we forget that. We forget that it's not about checking boxes. It's not about going out and prophesying or healing the sick or doing all things like this. It's about simply, and and this is what they, why they say it's a simple gospel. It's simply acknowledging that I am a sinner and that I need forgiveness and accepting his gift. Yeah. And I think we use that term 
gift really freely, but sometimes we forget to stop and think about what that is. Like if I'm going to hand you a birthday gift, you take it, you open it, you accept it. Like there is that moment where you have to be like, it's my birthday. And then I hand you the gift <laughs> and you open it and you're like, I love it. You know, that that action happens. Yeah. And that's kind of a picture, a very simple picture of what Jesus does. You have to be able to be like, oh, I see Jesus died for me on the cross. And you're like, I accept that. I accept that forgiveness. I see me as sinful. I see you as good. I accept that. Like that moment has to happen for that relationship to be initiated. And I think that is the difference between religion and actual true Christianity. Because if you've had that moment, you'll never be the same. Right. And then you know the difference between doing things out of duty or, you know, for for any other reason versus I love Jesus. I see what gift he's given me. I'm going to serve him. Right. And, I mean, even after, like, yeah, you receive Christ, you like, like you just said, you do it because you love them. I mean, say you have a spouse and you love your spouse. You're going to do things because you love your spouse. Not because you have to. It's just because I love my spouse. I want to give them a box of chocolates or a vacuum back, the floors for or, them or, or give them a back rub <laughs> or whatever, you know. And I think when we receive Christ, that's like we start doing things for Christ because of that love, not necessarily because we have to, but because we love him, we want to obey him. We want to follow him. We want to trust him. Yeah, I think that is the one difference. But I think it's good to have this conversation because I think it's confusing sometimes. And Mm -hmm. even once you know Christ, there's a lot of pressure to do a lot of things. (laughs) You know, it's like, make sure you're serving, make sure you're doing this, make sure you're doing that, which is true. I think there should be fruit It should be evident that we love God through our actions and our words. But I think we also have to be careful to not fall into that trap of, I'm doing this because it looks good, or I'm doing this because someone else wants me to. You know, you have to take it back and look at your heart and say, am I sweeping this person's floor because I love Jesus or because I want to look good to the person that asked me to sign up for it? Or am I reading my Bible every day because I love God's word and I want to know him and I want to be more like him? Or am I doing it so I can check a box and say, I read my Bible, but I didn't actually pay attention and do anything that it said, you know? Right. Part of your story is kind of talking about those insecurities that arose in you in high school and that you cared about, like, boys' opinions, and you just really were seeking that approval and love. What would you say now as a young woman being able to look back? What would you say now to someone who's kind of in that position in high school or early 20s, feeling like they want to be loved and they're looking to men to fulfill that? Good question. I would say, and this is something (laughs) This is something that I've learned for myself is that you 
will only be able to experience true love and fulfillment from the Lord. And until you experience that, anything else that somebody else might give you is not going to be enough. It might make you feel good in the moment, but God's love is the love that is unconditional. And it's the love that's never ever going to go away. You know, people come and go in our lives all the time and there's no guarantee that that we're going to stay. And, you know, when they leave, it causes pain. But the beautiful thing about God is that he's not going anywhere and he loves us no matter what. And to just seek him first for fulfillment. And I will say that it's not something that just happens overnight for me. It was a very long process. I made a lot of mistakes to get to where I'm at now. But, you know, if you're in this situation, you don't have to go through all of that. God's ready to meet you where you're at now and he's ready to love you. You just have to make make the decision to accept his love and he will embrace you with his whole heart. And I will say that his love is the most beautiful, amazing, awesome love that you will ever have. And again, it'll never go away ever, ever. And no matter what else happens in this life, he's always going to be there. So seek God first. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of The What Project. If you would like to stay connected, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We hope that you have a great week and that you will join us again on the next episode of The What Project.